0: A hijacking first. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town.
1: It all started in a Macau tea house where four 20-somethings decided to sell their rice patties and take up plane hijacking. Which, at that point, they called it piracy. So they thought this was a very novel idea. They kind of wanted to make big money quickly. They were all young. They were all willing to take a risk. So they did it.
0: They're pioneers.
1: They're pioneers. Heroes, no one would say. I'm a glass
0: half full, guys.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. That's very good. They had $3,000 for expenses. And one of them, a Mexican-born man named Chu Tak, had learned to fly planes in Manila. He was very well-versed in aviation. He's where this idea came to fruition. So they bought tickets on the plane Miss Macau. It's a Catalina flying boat of Cathay Pacific Airways vessel, which they talk about it. I couldn't really get a handle on what it was. It's a plane, but it also goes, it's kind of like a duck boat. Like where I grew up, there were like these boats that would go in and out and they were very touristy. Macau to Hong Kong is really not that far. So it didn't need to go that far to begin with. So it would regularly go between the Portuguese Macau and British Hong Kong. While the airline was in its infancy, this was, again, a very routine flight. A few minutes after takeoff, the four of them, three with guns, one without, hijacked the plane, demanding that the pilot surrender the controls. The pilot, who was a 27-year-old named Dale Warren Kramer, refused, as did his first officer, a 23-year-old Australian named Ken McDuff. Neither should have been in the cockpit that day anyway. Kramer had been brought in as the original pilot had an earache and called in sick, essentially, while McDuff was covering for the original first officer, who'd fallen into the water while trying to tether more the seaplane after an earlier flight. This is the kind of operation we were talking about. Which actually, when you think back on it, feels pretty manageable to hijack. Start small. When threatened by these four men, McDuff attacked one of them with a flag post rod, which I guess was just sitting there in the cockpit. In the confusion, Kramer was shot in the back of his head and died instantly and collapsed onto the flight controls. After that, in the words of Gavin Young, author of the book on Cathay Pacific, quote, all hell broke loose and bullets flew. With Kramer's body pretty much just mashing the control buttons, the plane went into an uncontrolled dive and crashed into the Pearl River Delta Sea. 24 of the 26 people aboard died on impact. Obviously, Kramer died from gunshot wound. But before the plane hit, one man jumped out the emergency exit just before the plane hit the water. This man was a 24-year-old ex-farmer named Wong Yu. He survived.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that
1: one of the hijackers. There is little hope of the survival of 26 passengers and crew of the amphibious Catalina plane belonging to Cathay Pacific Airways, which crashed into the sea near Macau late on Friday afternoon, reported the South China Morning Post on July 18, 1948. As far as we know, they've all perished, AJR Moss, director of civil air services, told the newspaper. They were wrong. Wang Yu had miraculously survived the world's first hijacking of a commercial flight. That... He orchestrated. After being pulled ashore, he was taken to the hospital to be treated for some minor bone breaks. Suspicion soon fell on him when the remains of the plane was found, and obviously there was struggle, there were gunshots, there was weapons aboard, but Wang Yu wouldn't talk yet. Police tried lots of tactics to get him to talk, and to, or even not even just to confess, but to get some kind of statement. Recording devices were planted all over the hospital ward, while detectives posing as patients were placed in neighboring beds, one of them being smeared with pig's blood to make it look like they'd brought him in from a car accident? We really don't know why or how Wang Yu confessed. All this stuff seemed pretty outlandish to me. But according to one account, he bragged about his part in the hijacking to a police informer posing as a patient recovering from surgery. He may have also maybe been told that someone had survived from his party of four and that they were telling their side of things and that he would be found out. It's really hard to say. Couldn't find a lot of information on it. But he did... Confess. Nobody wanted to deal with this already complicated situation. Wang Yu was brought to court by the Macau police, but the Macau court suggested that the prosecution should be brought in in Hong Kong instead, since the plane was registered in Hong Kong and most of the passengers were from there. But the British colonial government, who had control of Hong Kong at the time, said that the incident appeared over Chinese territory, so they should deal with it. Since no state claimed authority to try him, he was just released without trial from Macau from a prison in Macau on June 11th, 1951, and was then deported to China. Nobody really knows what happened to him after that. There's really no evidence, there's no newspaper articles, there's no real follow up with substantial information about him. But again, this whole hijacking and Wang Yu's survival is notable for three very important reasons. One, the world's first commercial aviation hijacking. He was the hijacker, and he was also the sole survivor of the crash that he himself caused. Pretty bold, pretty dangerous, pretty legendary. Our hero, our hero, Wong Yu.
2: It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark (laughs) this is chilling tales for dark nights good evening listener i'm steve taylor your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depth and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life we will give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy The Horror Show.